You're listening to the Mindful Leadership Podcast with your host, Jason Cooper. This is episode 26. And in this episode, we're speaking about emotional intelligence, psychology of safety in teams, and building resilience back into the business that you work in, and also how you can have more passion focused in on your leadership. So everything that we do is a muscle and we train the muscles like a habit. So once we've got that habit, we can push through forward. So with this episode's with Hilary McLennan. Hello, good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. And wherever you are listening in this wide, wonderful, beautiful world that we live in right now. So you're very welcome to this very special episode of the Mindful Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cooper. I'm a sales strategist, sales coach, but I deal in how to build better relationships with your clients and your customers and how you need to do that for now and in the future, because this exceeds what you do on a day-to-day basis. That connection between two people, that connection between the company, really impactful. So today is all about uh, insightful leaders, insightful leadership and gifted leaders that employ beautiful and brilliant and unusual strategies for great effect. And today, without further ado, I've got Hilary McLennan. Is that how you pronounce your surname? McClellan. It's McLennan. A lot of oh, my eyesight is not as good as it should be. <laughs> I've only worn these glasses for uh, two or three months, and I'm still getting used to it, so I can't focus into, onto the screen. So you're welcome. Thank you so much for coming on today. Tell me how you got into what you're doing, and... Before we do that, actually, I, I better give you a bit of an insight of who you are, Hillary. So uh, you're Cambridgeshire-based organisation behavioural executive coach over 25 years of, of senior HR and L&D for anyone else out there as learning and development roles in public and private sectors, UK and global. So an expert in emotional intelligence, resilience, psychology, a safety, compassion, focusing, coaching set up in 2015. So I'm really interested in that. But I'm also interested in how you work with your daughter as well. And you've got other accolades under your belt. So really, thank you so much, Hilary. Tell me more about you. Oh, bless you, Jason. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. So, uh, well, I, I didn't really start out with an education so I, it still feels slightly humbling to hear you say accolades because actually I I went to full-time ballet school so I didn't ever get any exams and then at 16 I was told I was too tall to dance so hey ho um I, I learned to type and that was <laughs> that was kind of my way forward for many years just copy typing mm-hmm. um I did eventually fall in to business and specifically in human resources personnel as it was called and that was really really captured my imagination I loved working with people I loved doing what felt like looking after their best interests but in 2008 the point of the the last recession Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like such a positive place because I was leading a year's worth of redundancy program And when you get the nickname, the angel of death, whenever you turn up at a reception of one of your divisions, 
that wasn't a career high for me. So I made the decision at that point that while it was fabulous ticking all the employment law boxes, and quite rightly so, that I actually was more interested in how people felt at work. Because um, while I was being applauded for having no employment tribunal claims, just it was a case of well, just look around you. You know, there's no trust, there's no motivation, there's very little engagement. And actually, if you want any bang for your buck in this organisation, people are going to be very reticent in what they give for the next mm. six months to a year. So that's kind of how I ended up flipping careers, going off doing a master's, rebranding, really and starting over well, that's it that's really good and that's probably similar to me because when i left school uh i wasn't really enthusiastic by that it's only in my later career that mm. i love learning now and yes. I, I just can't wait to read my next book or my podcast or or listen to something that adds value forward so what are the areas that you specialize in and how do you add value back into organizations Oh, what a lovely question. So the areas I specialise in are resilience, emotional intelligence, psychological safety, and compassionate leadership. And I add value because it's well documented and researched that the, the nature of business is less about what you know <laughs> it's less yeah. about the iq now way more about the relationships you build and the trust you bring um, so and the higher you go the more important that is and, and yet I, I find i go along to coach someone who's just new into an md role and they're still grappling with the fact they have to let go of the doing yeah and try and grasp this um a sort of um ethereal thing of influence and yeah. and leadership and you know what and they can't kind of grasp it when they're used to knowing the answers and doing the doing yeah and, and especially now when people are a little bit more remote and they're not probably yeah. sitting next to the team the organization and they can't pull people into the office the way that they used to so what do you think are the key elements now into successful leadership and how can they uh, better use the resilience but also that that magic t which is trust and mm. respect and mm. um, authority and all of that sort of uh, the caldini influence persuasion but also to do it in a practical way and especially mm. now we're in this funny funny world that we're in oh yeah well it is a whole other bag isn't it when you can only really see a head and shoulders and you're losing all the non-verbal communication and uh, and when i'm coaching people in this world I, I try and really strip it down to making them think about themselves as mammals and yeah. the fact that as mammals we we absolutely rely on eye contact and and whatever body language we can bring in this tiny screen it would be like um, a bit like being an actor going on stage rather than being filmed in a studio you're gonna have to do a whole heap more to make it translate so there's a lot about changing behaviors that could have been really subtle and picked up very well in a meeting room. You're gonna to have to dial it up if you want to get the same on a screen. So 
I try and uh, help individuals understand the very primitive needs of a mammal brain, and that is acceptance by your social group yeah. and looking for visual connection and approval in order to build trust. How do you mean vision connection? What does that mean? Well, for instance, I don't know about you, Jason, you might find it in some of yours, but I, I'm amazed when I, I can do a session on the subject of emotional intelligence and communication, and I'll actually have to ask people to put their videos on. <laughs> and it's kind of, hmm, that's a curious starting point, isn't it? Because, yeah, yeah. you know, we need to be seen. Um, and even, um, you know, the, the way we tilt the head, the way we might lean forward, that all builds empathy before we even start using language, which yeah. humans have exclusively yeah i totally agree the the, the language is the the key to connection yeah. uh and when people's uh screens are off you don't know what's going on you just have to go with your ear and the tonality and how they're speaking so what do you think the major challenges that people are facing right now in business and how, how can we leverage that to make a positive impact that's a really good question. I think one of the the questions I've noticed coming up more a number of times this week is the the challenge of how do we bring people back and how you know what where do we demand it in order to make sure you do get people turning up for one meeting yeah. together or how do we but how do we not appear like we're being very directive and controlling by making those demands? Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think it's also about how do we hang on? We're incredibly adaptable, but equally, how do we hang on to what we've learned before we quickly rush back to the, the old style? Yeah. Because there's been a lot discovered because it's been in such a threatening environment it's easy to sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater and rush back to the old ways yeah so how do you think people are going to, to get in and embrace difference because it is going to be different now it's not the same as it was nothing's going to be like that and as since the second world war there was massive change this time there's massive change and it's going to affect everyone but especially seeing people up there on within the organizations that are not prepared for this, even though it's been a year on. Mm -hmm. So developing people for the future has to happen. So what do you think the key elements for that um, might, what they might need to do to do this so it, it will make an impact for the future generations going forward? In terms of people development yeah people development because we're in this people uh well luckily enough we're in these people development uh roles where we i, I call soft skills people skills because mm. they fundamentally are and we're in that place of people skills so the change now what do you think are the key um things that we can do to help this along well, this is interesting, isn't it? Because it just a lot of this will depend on us individually recognizing when we're triggered into feeling threatened. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we've talked very often as trainers and coaches, haven't we, about know yourself 
you know, yeah. self-knowing and personal mastery and all that stuff. I don't think there's ever been a time where we need to be more conscious about developing that. Yeah. Because if we don't know what's triggering our threat at the moment, we could well miss a huge opportunity. So for a rough and tumble, and in that, don't see the fact that what's really happening is they're slightly threatened by the, the perhaps the limitation of being powerful or perhaps their yeah. ego being fed. They may miss a real opportunity of, of drawing on innovation in perhaps some of their introverts in the team. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of courage to be curious, even when it comes to ourselves. So... But it's such an opportunity, I feel, Jason, uh, for businesses to really think differently. So when people think differently, but what, what's the challenges when they have um, a fixed mindset as opposed to an open mindset? A fixed mindset is, as we know, things are always going to be the same. I'm never going to grow. I'm never going to learn. It's probably the blockbuster analogy. We're okay. Mm. We're going to stay the way that we are. And hang on a minute, Netflix comes in and sweeps in and all of a sudden, we've got this streaming service. So changing the mindset from the top down. Well, I'm afraid on the whole, <laughs> no matter how much we might like it to be different, it yeah. does need to happen at the top. You do need to have to have somebody courageous enough at the top to say, I haven't got all the answers. You know, I, I need all you folk to help me and help us be successful. And, you know, it's a bit like um, Amy Edmondson's research in psychological safety. The best teams report the most mistakes and it feels counterintuitive. But unless you create and you're courageous enough as a leader to create an environment to ask for help and you don't ridicule or criticize when mistakes are made, yeah. you're not going to have the safe space to really bring about that cognitive diversity which brings such fruitful ideas yeah and there is a, there's lots of uh, research out there with, with having different people within the organization maybe in uh, i don't know customer services maybe in marketing maybe in something because different types of people bring that collaborative mm -hmm. effort and different ideas from a different mm -hmm. mindset mm -hmm. so i was looking at compassionate focus coaching what does that mean i don't really how does that work and how do you do that or can you and will you give some really good golden nuggets along the way because i love to feed forward some wonderful yeah. ideas so people can learn and grow when they listen to this well what we found in you know when we're when we're coaching for emotional intelligence development we often find that those at the top of the game or at the top of the game for very good reasons they've got high iq often have perfectionist tendencies and have really kind of got to where they are by attainment of various things mm -hmm. unfortunately that can often be connected to quite a loud self-critic so yeah. the achievement is because of the self-critic rather than despite and you can get to a point where feeling fulfilled is in a you know unattainable because you're 
just too busy trying to tick the next box. So what compassion-focused coaching does is first of all, and very importantly, it helps a coach understand where they're at with their own mm -hmm. self-critic and start to think about how actually we can perform not only as well, but better when we're speaking to ourselves with an internal positive mm -hmm. voice. Uh, but it also helps recognize when that need, needs and can be developed in the client and where mm -hmm. the where one might be closing down the potential of oneself for fear mm -hmm. of self-criticism yeah. so it's about working with as professor paul gilbert would talk about and you can anyone can access the compassionate mind foundation's work he talks about the flow of compassion and it's yep. a three-way flow self-compassion giving compassion out which most people get but it's also about letting compassion in which can be very tricky if you're in a high state of attainment success drive and threat mm -hmm. so there's something about being able to develop focus in a mindful way to notice and then choose the approach you take rather than continually Hiding the bar, you know, and, and often not being fulfilled when you attain it. Yeah, no, that's uh, quite interesting. And uh, uh, like the highly driven, highly focused people because they want success. Yes. But the internal dialogue is they probably have that ego surrounding them. And maybe it's the imposter syndrome not to let go. And that internal dialogue that people tend to have within that fight, flight, or free scenario that we all have, mm, which mm. is the reptilian brain in ourselves mm. that also gives the internal dialogue to our sort of neocortex, which is the rational brain. But talking to that emotional brain, sometimes we have to be let loose a little bit. So yeah. how do you think leaders can let, let go a little bit and communicate a little bit more effectively to their staff or employees? Well, before they can do the doing, which is what they want to do immediately, because that's what makes them feel like they're active, you've got yeah. to really develop that neurological muscle matter to, to be able to start noticing. So we actually, we found it quite tricky to get high performers to practice that noticing mindful work between sessions. So we actually, uh, Ashley, uh, my stepdaughter and I actually created a a product, an online product that's within a VR headset as well. So you okay. can immerse yourself in a scene of nature and plug into an audio that helps mm. you develop those muscles to focus. But it's a it it's more of a stepping stone towards mindfulness because many folk I coach would switched off by the word mindfulness they they kind of uh oh you're going to want me to hum or do something freaky now so we we created something before mindfulness to help them get going really so we've been playing with that oh that's a great uh, no one else i've spoken to to date there's spoken about that vr because i love technology anyway so I, yeah. i'm straight in there with that yeah and i think if you can 
find a stepping stone said what i want you to do is uh a really simple visualization technique but you're going to be immersed in this scene and oh, setting yeah. and we know there's a direct correlation between green green spaces and water yes. that relaxes and calms you and especially when you hear crashing waves around you and water trickling and birds humming around it just mm -hmm. calms you down so that's a wonderful that step I, i'd like to find out a little bit more about that can you tell me more about that of and course uh, I can. How, can, how can people use that well, we've we went live, I think, nearly 12 weeks ago. So it's out there on the internet. Um, and so it's it's there for the public and you can you can kind of go in and there's a, a variety of audios around calming, training or coaching the mind. Yeah. And you can basically pick an audio and just go for a walk because real nature is lovely. But you can also, if it's raining or you're just too busy, you can pick a scene of nature out of a library full and you can decide what, where you want to be while you listen to your audio. And our, if you own a VR headset, you can choose to do that on a VR headset and our clients get a VR headset with their coaching package. So I kind of prescribe audios for the clients and I kind of say, do you know what, if you've got a really harsh board meeting coming up and you know you're going to be in threat six minutes of this you'll come you'll recenter and you'll be in your best game when you go in there so mm -hmm. and we've done we've done research with aston university so we know it works we've got great findings on it so it's very exciting that's good that's a nice take on it and people like shiny objects at times but if you can connect that with saying this is wonderful this is a great way of doing it lots of research behind it yes. um you can do this step by step and you will notice the difference in the yes. changes because it is that james clear effect where yes. you do the one percent and every day after up to 66 days you build in that habit and form that habit so you can build success so what do you think and how do you fuse success based on the clients that you work with and based on how you view success in uh, the work that you do? Oh gosh, success for me is when clients just have that moment and they just say, I just, when you first used to come here, Hillary, you'd be saying stuff and I'd be like nodding, but, uh, but some of it was just, and, it, and then there's suddenly that moment when I suddenly realize, and I, and I feel that the, the, the virtual homework between sessions mm -hmm. has speeded that process up because now they're saying, do you know, I've just, I've just been in a meeting and I suddenly heard in my mind a, sh a short sentence out of an audio I've been listening to, or I suddenly saw the beach that I yeah. was looking at. So you get these little anchors to help you stay in your best space. And that's when I know this is why I do this job, because mm -hmm. there's nothing more rewarding, really, than seeing people that realization of I can manage my mind. It doesn't mm. have to manage me all the time. Yeah, because it, it it is one of those things. And I like to see the little spark in people's eyes. When I coach and train people, um, I like that little glint in the eye that they've got it yeah. and things have shifted. Yeah. And but it 
I'm really quite careful with who I work with because I want to make sure that they're open, but they're yes. open to change and they want to change, not yes. that they're just going, well, we're not going to do it. Uh, it's something mm -hmm. that I suggested before because it's we have to try something different every day and find out what works and what doesn't work. And then we get feedback or feed forward how we can do something different next time. So that's how I like to operate. I love so, that. Yeah. And, and actually that fits very well with some compassionate mind training because there's a behind that it's saying have the intent to be compassionate, but you need to take action towards that intent. It's no good just saying, yeah, I'm going to do this stuff. The actions are so important. Absolutely. I, I actually did a post the other day actually on visualization and everyone that I've interviewed all visualize something or other. If you're an athlete, you visualize winning the race or you visualize uh, kicking the football into the goal or whatever it might yes. be, but we're all doing it. But you can train yourself to do this better, but nothing works without action. So a, a sprinter is visualizing it uh, and then he's action straight away and he's running. Yes. So that's the action. But you can put that into business context as well. Yes. You visualize success or you visualize your goals or you visualize whatever else, then you take action and then mm. you move on. Because so I help people do that. And I think that's really wonderful. Is that something that you work with or how do you work in those sort of areas? Well, do you know what, Jason? I, I didn't that much until I made my mind up about developing your virtual mind trainer. And when I because I was the only one, I was one with the idea everyone else was like yeah she's really sort of gone a bit weird now she's talking about filming things and <laughs> and uh i as i was shimming up mountains and taking 360 videos and and trying to persuade everyone it would work i had to vision you know i had to vision for myself and uh and i visioned it being a success and and gradually and you'll know this if you work with people but gradually my belief in it and, and because I can see it it attracts other people to want they're interested you know they they, they like the vibe so mm -hmm. and because of that I and I now I have that experience I'm using it more and I'm, I was pondering this morning when I used it with a client why I haven't used it more often because it's very liberating it is uh, extremely liberating I, I use that all the time and uh, whether I'm meditating in myself but i'm visualizing the future as if it's already happened or i'm visualizing connection as if it's already being done so yes. but then it's linguistically done in my head so mm. i'm actually doing an affirmation that's uh, kick-starting that as well to produce uh positive results because that's what i'm my intent is to do positive results and success Absolutely. so if you were interviewing yourself what sort of questions would you ask yourself <laughs> oh my lord um why did you wait so long to become self-employed woman? That's what I would ask. Because <laughs> I've never had so much fun. So, uh, yeah, that's that would be a big question. What stopped you? Yeah. And that, that is a massive question for everyone. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Because that's, that's, that's quite fascinating. Uh, when you ask yourself a question, how would you answer it? And what would you need to do to do that? Well, I'd... I'd give the the real answer and that was it was only me i stopped myself 
I, you know, I found reasons why it wasn't the right time or what I didn't have yet or what I needed to get before. And But actually what, what made it happen, Jason, was that I went into a job which I thought would be, you know, like kind of maybe the last role and it was the, at the height of, my, of the status I thought would be really important as a last role. And after I was still within my probation period when I just thought, I can't stand this anymore. And mm -hmm. um, I came home and just said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, I promised not to use the savings, but I, now's the time. And I, something just came over me. Um, just now's the time. That was it, really. So uh, if you were to give some advice to people or feed some golden gems what would they be just to help people learn and grow in their own world, whatever they're looking at right now? It's This is going to sound so simple, but it isn't. It's listen to your gut and, and find the power from within. It, 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 never, it never comes from something... I've well for me it's never come from something I've acquired or bought or attained it, it comes from me saying you go you go do it and that's where being mindful of how we speak to ourselves what that internal dialogue can make us fly and really enjoy the experience of life or it can just keep us on a very straight and narrow uh, road I'd, and I never would have ever thought of myself as a entrepreneur uh, but I, I, you know I've come from being a single parent on benefits 30 years ago and, and I know I know what it's like to have nothing and I just wish someone had been around. I wish big Hillary could talk to little Hillary and make yeah. it have happened earlier. But I only need to listen to me and believe it. Yeah, I think that's the best thing that you can learn. And sometimes uh, 30 years ago, you talking to yourself then, you wouldn't have probably listened anyway. You would have probably gone, <laughs> yeah, whatever, so what? But yeah. it's only now over experience and self-talk uh, you've learned to grow and learn yourself. And I think that's yeah. incredible. So hats off to you. So well done for that. So how can people find out more about you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. You just look up my name and you can find me there. Um, and your virtual mind trainer is on LinkedIn as well. You can look that up. You can go to web, my websites for both businesses, Indigo Talent Development or Mind Trainer. And you can even log into Mind Trainer and have a month free and, and just have a go at it. So I'd encourage people just to just have a, a bash. And uh, you can go on it on any device as well as a headset. So you can just do it on your awesome. phone. Yeah, it's Brilliant. very simple. Thank you so much. Uh, you've been absolutely awesome and given some Aww. golden gems and nuggets because uh, that's what I like to do is to feed forward and yes. to help people grow when they need to grow and learn something great and wonderful about what they can do in their lives. So thank you very much for that. You've listened to Jason Cooper and Hilary on a wonderful journey of the mindful leadership. I'm your host, Jason Cooper. I'm a sales relationship coach i help 
build wonderful, great relationships for now and the future, which affects the bottom line so your customers are happy, so you build trust, credibility, and authority around what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. So I thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode 26 of the Mindful Leadership Podcast with your host, Jason Cooper. You can find out more about me on my website, which is jasoncooper.io or email me at jcooper at jasoncooper.io. If you want to connect with me, please do. Or if you like this and any of the other episodes, please give it a five-star rating. be very much appreciative. Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode.